Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. Hey, George. I'm sorry. I don't hear you unless you knock. Hey. Oh. You guys had shirts on when you came in here. <laughs> <laughs> Something must have happened to them. Arnold Schwarzenegger is Spicoli <laughs> yeah. in this version? Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's how he says happened. Something must have happened to him. <laughs> No man. Who says Still too German. Still too. You <laughs> got to dial it back. Uh, well, I'm I'm German Irish, so. Whoa. We watched Fast Times. We watched Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Fast Finally. Times. Ridgemont High. Did you enjoy uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, George? Uh, moderately. Yeah. And Travis, is this an old favorite of yours? Like it, it is uh, of mine. Yeah. <laughs> this is like my cousin Vinny, type movie i'll watch this whenever christmas doesn't matter hmm. i mean there's a christmas part in it, it it's kind of a, a movie for all seasons in that regard yeah i mean i'm not a tr- i wasn't in high school in the 80s so it but it's definitely nostalgic for many reasons now george a lot of this movie takes place in a structure that is unfamiliar to many of our listeners in this amazon world but takes place in a thing called a, quote, shopping mall. Are mm, you familiar heard, with the concept? I've heard of them, yes. Yes, you'll see them in a lot of yeah. 80s things, and then they mm-hmm. ceased to exist once Bill Gates took over the world. <laughs> Bill Gates? You mean... Uh, um, our mall's doing okay here. <laughs> the hell's the guy's name from Amazon? Oh, Bezos. Bezos? Bezos, yeah. I mean, Gates, Bezos, whatever. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, we have a couple of malls uh, in Missouri, but there there's like one in each major metro, and they're kind of old and decrepit at this point because nobody goes. Uh, well, that's the thing. I mean, I'm actually like, I'm like right close to the Cherry Hill Mall, but I'm also right, acre- right across the street from the Morristown Mall. So there's there's two malls. We like, have two malls within like a five mile yeah, radius. Yeah, five miles or so. Two and, major uh, malls. And I never go there because... It's sad. Uh, it's, it's not. It's like a sad place. It's sad, but not because it's empty. Like, our malls actually are active, but uh, not like they used to be. It'll like it never be, be like it used to be, no. unless Stranger Things pushes this younger generation into yeah. a new, like, you know, paradigm for how they want to shop and hang out. And What's I'd be funny is in that. that season when they take place, when it takes place in the mall, it's it's reminiscent of this movie big time. Yeah. Like it it has the same exact feel even the even down to the outfits. Now of course we did see a previous uh remedial film that took place in a mall but there were less zombies this time. Mm. And only one gun in this movie as opposed to <laughs> the plethora mm. of guns <laughs> in Dawn of the Dead. I was so. going to say where's the where was the car in the movie? Like don't all you know shopping malls have Cars. Uh, like a car chase? Yeah, destroying them inside? No? No. The only uh, car wreck in this movie is Mike Damone. <laughs> Oof. Man, he's going to kill me. Then he's going to kill you. He's going to shit. And First then he's, he's going to kill me. And then he's going to kill you. So good. I first I thought you said he was going to kill you. Yeah, first he's going to shit. Then he's going to kill me. Oh, that's good stuff. Such a good flick. Like, so, George... This is one of the uh, the all-time greats, and I don't know if a first watch is going to be enough 
pretty much everybody who touched this movie got the Midas touch after this. Like, mm. and a lot of these guys, most of these guys are unknowns. They might have been in one movie before or something. But once they were in this movie, it just made like 15 careers. Yeah. This is a great example of why we're doing this. Because George doesn't really understand because he didn't grow up then. He doesn't understand the the significance that this movie was and still is. Uh, The trends it started, the careers it started. Uh, You know, where the director from this movie went to later on where the the writer of this movie went on to do like everybody in this movie became household names like on an epic level and kind of out of nowhere like this is not this is not a project that people thought was going to be a big hit and it actually like had to fight its way to a, a moderate release because even the studio was like "Ugh, is this movie any good we don't know and then it just of word of mouth exploded and made everybody's career. I liked it because it felt like it was the prequel to uh Clerks. It yeah. kind of had that feel. It know? definitely yeah. has I mean Clerks has a definite feel. Yeah. There's only like 2 degrees of separation from this to Clerks. So yeah. yeah. And it kind of ends on that that final note. So yeah. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Not to mention socially, like just the stuff that they're tackling in a not so conventional way makes it stand out as well. I mean, the fact that it's a woman director handling subject matter that usually guys do, Mm. you know, when you watch Porky's, that's the guy version of this movie. Like Porky's has no layers (laughs) at all. Uh, Yeah, agreed. This has layers this has situations Mm -hmm. commentary things that maybe guys don't think about but girls do and that's why the main characters are girls but it's still a guy film there's plenty in here for guys i I believe it's a film for all people yeah so it's it's done well uh by amy heckerling because and she goes on to do more movies like this that become like the anthem of a generation. I think it's funny that you said it. You, she does things like you tackle subject matter that guys usually do because like, isn't like every director a guy? Like, well, is yeah. Isn't I mean, there she, like a huge, uh, like, well, I just mean disparate number of women in directing movies. Absolutely. Like she was kind of, so it's, uh, a, a ceiling glass ceiling, a glass ceiling breaker breaker. Yeah. But it was written by a guy, so the the subject matter ah. is see that's why it has nuance and 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 such, you know, not like Scream, you know what I mean? <laughs> Remember that? that yeah, was Scream was horrible. I mean, I mean, Scream was great, but for those parts where you needed a woman's touch, well, you went with woman's touch. Yeah, right? they didn't have it. Agreed. But you get a character like Rat, who's you know very sensitive. He and then you have Damone, who's like the quintessential asshole. You know, douchebag guy. Yeah, and then you have Rat, who kind of relates to the girls more because he's sensitive and he's he's apprehensive and he's not fast. But the girls are pretending to be fast, but they're not. Yeah, like it's it's just a lot of layers. 
Like, I don't even know if Phoebe Cates' character actually ever did anything with anybody. Well, you know, She seemed like she was coming off as she knew shit. Yeah. Phoebe Cates' character reminded me of the popular chick from American Beauty. You right. don't You don't find out until, like, Kevin Spacey's about to, you know, and she's like, she never did it before. And he right. was like, nah, right. can't do it. But that was exactly the same character because she's, like, put fronting like she's doing that all the time whatever mm-hmm. blah blah no big deal this that and the other thing pressuring other girls and stuff and then like almost living through them yeah and then come to find out like she doesn't but that's not know established anything, never done nothing but it's just that i guess it's open to interpretation it is it is but the way she was talking about it it seemed like she probably didn't have much experience right you like you know that guy you go to school with and he's like oh yeah We'll we'll cover it in. She's school. got a fiance in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, right. In forty year old virgin, like if you ever watch that, I've seen that. Oh, you've seen it. Well, yeah. when they do the the bag of sand thing. <laughs> oh, what do boobs feel like? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's like the the guy who like is basically fronting, and he, and then he says something, and you're just like, you mm. really don't know, <laughs> do you? <laughs> and that's how I feel with her. Like, yeah, uh, that that ending scene where she was like writing that letter to the, to the college boyfriend. It's almost like, oh, okay, well, maybe she's not as put together as she acts like. No. And we all had those girls we went to school with where they, you know, they were too good to date the high school guys. Like, they were they were already moving it on to the college kids. Right, Dan? Yeah, there was a lot of women in my uh, high school. <laughs> That's like right. That. You were school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all four yeah. of them. <laughs> I, I relate to everything you're saying, Trev. <laughs> So, George, you sit through a classic movie. How many times did you guffaw at this movie? Uh, probably four times. Yeah, that sounds That's about not bad. Right. Like it's out loud. Definitely like, not like a slapstick comedy. It is a dip. Ooh. It's a dramedy, maybe. It's definitely a dramedy. Yeah. Uh, s- funny situations. Yeah. Uh, a couple funny characters, but not goofy. I mean, Sean Penn's pretty goofy. Yeah, but he's. I, I went to school with guys like him. So did you. I mean, yeah, like, that's true. It's okay, not like can I? He, can I? He's not far off. Can I confess? You were him. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, kind of. Kind of. But <laughs> yeah. also, except for skateboards, he was no, definitely the Spicoli my... of his homeschool. That was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I met all the other students. That wasn't my. I wasn't really into the. Uh, I wasn't into smoking that right. much, but he's just I, head, I, of, head of the curve. I skated a lot. Right. I don't think I was ever that like you know kind of like far out, but no, like, you weren't ever like um, a stoner. I was uh, definitely. I had friends like that. They were actually high had, during I some had, of these scenes. On yeah, purpose, I bet like, for real. I had good <laughs> friends that were just like that. Right. Um, I watched the entire movie and did not know that that was Sean Penn. <laughs> yeah, I did not recognize him as. Did I just I have did, a guffaw? I did yeah. not recognize Spicoli as Sean Penn wow. at all until his name went across the screen at wow. the end of the movie. And I turned to my wife and I said, is that that Sean Penn? Like yeah. that Sean Penn. Uh-huh. She's like, yeah. That is that Sean Penn. You didn't Penn recognize is. him? And I'm like, no. And I had to rewind. He is, uh, he's method in this movie. And everything mm-hmm. I was hearing like offset, he was going by Spicoli. He wouldn't let you call him Sean. Like, yeah. And so it's that thing where Travis always talks about acting versus being. He was being. He was gone. He was lost to the role. So I don't blame you for not recognizing him because, yeah, he's a whole different person. Like, And it shows. 
Like that scene when Mr. Hand rips up his pass, he looks <laughs> like he's going to freaking cry. Like yes. it is like, and he's like, he, "Yes, d- hey, bud, what's your problem?" Like it's like yes. he looks like he's gonna kill him. Yeah, you dick. Like it's just like <laughs> he's the only one in this movie not acting. Yeah. Oh, well, Mr. Hand is not acting, but he's awesome. Mr. Hand but, is my hero. I'm pretty sure on this yeah. show I am Mr. Hand, and I'm <laughs> yeah. really sorry about that. I do relate to him more now than I did then. Like he's, I'm constantly when he rolls his eyes and puts his hand over his eyes, and like that's me parenting all the time mm-hmm, with my boys. Mm-hmm. I have three Spicolis, and it's like <laughs> <laughs> I am literally talking about my time. You think everyone's all on the dope? Time. Yeah. <laughs> are you on dope? What are you on dope? So Spicoli's got his little band of dudes that he's with everywhere, and one of them's played by yeah. Anthony Edwards, who is. Really, I guess most famous now for being on ER forever as Dr. Green. And he was Green. Goose and Top Gun. But he was Goose and Top Gun. And then he's also in Revenge of the Nerds right after this, which we'll probably yes. run across here sooner rather than later. Uh, but the other member of the, the trio of stoners is played by Eric Stoltz. Now, the Eric Stoltz. George, do you recognize that name at all? Because we haven't talked about him too much. Not really, no. He was the original Marty McFly. Yes. Filmed the entire okay. movie, pretty much. What? Yeah, yeah, they redid a lot of Back to the Future with with uh, Michael J. Fox because the chemistry just wasn't there with Eric Stoltz. That's crazy. But here's the thing. Uh, the dance scene in this movie, compared to the Enchantment Under the Sea dance <laughs> in Back to the Future... It, yes. I mean... Does it look like it does in Back to the Future if this movie doesn't shoot it this way? I don't know. So it's kind of interesting to think like, yeah, you'd not only pull like the visuals a little bit, but you also pull Eric Stoltz and then, oh God, right at the last minute you have to eject and the canopy's still there. No, that's the other guy. Never mind. But, <laughs> you know, uh, just interesting that, yeah, Eric Stoltz is here and uh, he would have been in Back to the Future in a very similar dance. Hmm. Yeah, the... Uh... I I thought when when during the dance scene and also throughout the in, you know different parts of the entire movie, the music in this movie is great. Yes, excellent sound, soundtrack. soundtrack. Really, really excellent good. Soundtrack. Although somebody's baby is one of my favorite Jackson Brown songs. I'm a big fan ruined. of Jackson Brown. <laughs> ruined. But it's kind of ruined after watching it again today, because every time I hear that song, something horrible is happening in the movie. And you can't even think of like Jennifer Jason Lee. You have to. You're just picturing Debone with no clothes on but his socks. <laughs> like it's just like it's just like uh, I really gotta go stay scuzzy socks. So like. full disclosure, I, I've seen Jennifer Jason Lee in probably a dozen movies at this point, and this is the only movie I can stand her in. Uh, I mm. feel like most of the time she's acting a character so hard that like she forgets to emote. Um, yeah, there's a movie Kansas City, which I had a, sure a an inclination that. that it was going to be awesome, <laughs> and it's like in the 30s, and it's a period thing, and I'm like, okay, this will be fine. And she shows up, and it's just like, hey, sweetheart. And I'm just like, oh god, <laughs> she's she's pretty good in single white female. She's good in single I don't white really female. Like her in, yeah, in that's many a good play. Other things, and she's pretty good in a, just an utter train wreck of a movie, uh, Eyes of a Stranger. Have you ever seen that? Mm. Yes. Oh my God. Like that movie exists in a world. This is a, a sidebar, but you know, we talk about how Friday the 13th and Halloween and then Friday the 13th part two and how like 
those three movies kind of define where that genre was going. Well, before you had that kind of direction and people were still shooting in the dark as to what was allowed and what was not allowed in a movie, Eyes of a Stranger, which is just like mm. 70s exploitation mixed with a lot of slasher elements and like true crimey feelings, but like way off the charts skis. Like they didn't make movies like that too much longer. So Oof. it's awful. Uh, but she's pretty good in it, I guess. I mean, well, what what's great about the friend group, the uh, the other stoners, is that they were all they all auditioned for Spicoli, and she liked them so much that she actually created those parts for them, because I think uh, someone else in this movie also auditioned for two parts, didn't get either, but he's so. Uh, visually interesting to look at interesting to look at that he got a part (laughs) in this movie and he has no lines but he pops up a few times and you would you probably did not recognize him are you talking about i think i did uh mr coppola yes mr coppola oh no never mind but who you think i'm talking about no never mind okay i won't even say it so he auditioned for brad and i think spicoli but he lied about his age, so he couldn't have those parts, so then they put him in the background because he's a Coppola. <laughs> mm. Now, do you remember who Francis Ford Coppola is, George? Yeah. Okay, his nephew, Nick Nicholas Coppola, pops uh-huh. up in this movie. Yeah. He's one of the fry cooks. Doesn't have a word to say, he's but cook. he's he's around in the opening job scenes, and he's yeah. in the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know who we're talking about? Uh, I don't know Nick as well as... Francis, but yeah. Uh, you do actually. <laughs> do I? Uh, Here, let me send you a picture. Name. Let me send you a screenshot and see if you recognize. Oh my god! If you recognize god. this guy, it's not RoboCop. <laughs> Definitely not sending you a nude image or anything. You can totally open this blind. Doesn't matter who's in the room. I made my uh. My movie club, my uh, my side hustle, my yeah. side chick. I made them all watch RoboCop. They all hated it. Of course what? they did. What is wrong with them dumb people? You need smarter friends. Uh, <laughs> do you recognize the guy on the right there? Oh, yeah. Fuck that guy. I forgot he changed his name. <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> He's fine in this. He doesn't say That's who I was going to say, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I was like, I'm not sure if that's him or I'm not sure if that's like just someone that kind of looks like him and the camera doesn't stay on him long enough for no. like me to for me to tell no he's he's if you blink you miss him i'd love to exactly. think that there's a little bit of nicholas cage hiding in every movie we watch at mm. least through george's <laughs> eyes like Dude, i'm so george just starts to see nick cage in every movie name <laughs> change his freaking name well he didn't want to get like famous a... based on his famous last he's name nick fucking cage <laughs> Uh, I could have seen him playing Brad, though. It would have been good. Asshole! <laughs> Just hearing him do, I hope you had a really great piss, Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> but Judge Judge Reinhold, uh, he's real good. He looked a lot like yeah. Eddie Vedder, which I think is weird. A little bit. Uh, there was an interview I watched with him today where he's a little bit older, and he has like the little goatee and the slightly longer hair, and I'm just like, oh, it's it's just Eddie Vedder. That's weird. I think he might have had the toughest part in this movie. He's the glue, man. Yeah. And I'm not just referring to that one scene. Which character are we talking about? 
<laughs> uh, does anybody fucking knock? Um, <laughs> Judge Reinhold, Brad, the brother. Oh, oh yeah, he's great. He's like, he can't catch a break. When that, you say me, he's when you he's when you say he's the glue, well, and he's the main character. We make the joke about it. Are we thinking about the same scene? There's an actual scene, or no? No, just well, the, yeah, we made reference to the bathroom scene, the masturbation was, uh, scene. Okay, no, 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 not that scene. Okay, so it wasn't him. Okay, it was okay. You asked me earlier the scenes that made me laugh out loud. Right. Well, there I don't I forget what character it was. I didn't know who anybody was because it was the first ten seconds of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- they like just get back to school, right? And the dude opens his locker, and there's like a I I don't know what it was like gum in the locker gum, or yeah. something. It's rat. And yeah, was it rat who? Yeah. Okay, so I didn't know who rat was at the time. Right. Uh, so, and then like it, it like oh, I don't know, fifteen twenty seconds later, it goes back to him, and he's got it like all over Everywhere. him. <laughs> I laughed out loud. I've been there. I laughed out loud, <laughs> and and I thought to myself, this is okay. This it's this kind of movie, right? Right. So, um, but that was just like a kind of like a minor thing that just kind of mm-hmm. like surprised me, and I laughed because it was just so. I don't know, just like. Just like there, right, and so quick, and it just and it just kept going. It, really funny, but it never goes back to that. But like can that, I tell you, my the funniest part of this movie, dude? No, it, it never that's goes. That's the back only to time you get like a slapsticky kind of, yeah, you know, naked gun kind of feel. That's not, yeah. I mean, there's there's some other things, but not it's not slapstick right. by any means. Like not the whole movie. the f- The funniest fucking part was the the biology's teacher, <laughs> the, the biology teacher's wife, Mr. Farkas. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> You met my wife. <laughs> it's like they show up at the dance, and the one kid's shaking her hand <laughs> way too long. She's smoking, <laughs> and he's so weird. Oh, he's great. He came up in another movie we watched, didn't he? Uh, Cuckoo's Nest. I bet was Cuckoo's, he in Cuckoo's Nest. Nest. Yeah, he was one yeah. of the inmates. But he's he's the quintessential '80s character actor. Yes, like he, if he's got one line or ten lines or a hundred lines, you remember him. Like he's just. Just by his visual. Yep. But he plays that science teacher so well because he, you he just does look... have a unique visual. Yes. And his delivery. He reminds me of like that's why Ben Stein did so well in the eighties when he played a teacher, because he just has that delivery that Fry Bueller. Like that <clears throat> you hear that name, you you know it's you know who's saying it. And and all these memories come back of every teacher you've ever had. Like he's just Farkas is that same way when he holds up the that human heart, which none of us are really ever going to an <laughs> autopsy in high school. Yeah, right. But like, are you in my class? He's like, I am today. Uh, dude, <laughs> okay. I love Spicoli's reaction when he found out he can make twenty five dollars by selling his body to science yeah. when he dies. <laughs> <laughs> but that was oh, like, oh, that, really? Wow. That line, that oh, gnarly. <laughs> like, I wonder if that was even written. Like, that, it's just to me. Because he was method, I'm wondering. I would love to see how much of that shit or those one-liners did he put in there. Yeah, I'm gonna try to track down the book. It's like 50 years out of print, so I doubt it'll be too yeah, easy. It's expensive. It's like 200 bucks. But if I can find it. it a library or something, I'm gonna check this book out because I I can't imagine the thing. George probably doesn't know. George, you gotta know this. Cameron Crow. Mm. I don't know a ton about his early life, but somehow he ends up a reporter for Rolling Stone at like. 16 years old 16 yeah and so as part of a okay. like an assignment he re-enrolled in high school undercover for a year and wrote a book about it 
And that's the book that this movie that's is based this movie. on. Uh, okay. So between him enrolling in the 80s and then uh, Kevin Bacon enrolling in high school in a rural area to get a feels for Footloose, I mm-hmm. guess in the early mm. 80s they were just like, hey, anybody can sign up. We're not checking IDs. <laughs> we had an arc in our middle school, so I, I mean, it's not unheard of. I remember somebody being in our middle school that looked like they were like a junior in high school. So strange. So, yeah. Oh, man. Damone. Can we talk about Damone? Let's talk about Damone. Do we have to? You don't like Damone? He's so I mean, sleazy. But he's like, <sighs> I don't know. I think he turned into the uh, uh, to the serial killer in uh, No Country for Old Men. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a commercial recently of him, uh, maybe in the past 10, 15 years. He looks exactly the same. Yeah, He's like the older. serial killer in yeah, like No the... Country for Old Men. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like Damone. I don't like him as a person, but I think the character's fun. He's got the best one-liners. Well, and I think we I all mean, knew people who were kind of like not willing to... They were people who were willing to do more work, not to have to do the regular kind of work. Right. You know, put all the effort into not working. The kid who sold his Halloween candy at, in lunch. Yeah. Kid would stop at Seven Eleven and like sell candy at lunch and in homeroom. Yeah, we all knew a Demone, some sort. Concert tickets weren't big, and I guess they kind of were, but not in, not in my school. He was marking them Jones up. Yes, he was. By a lot. <laughs> I just made sixteen bucks. Okay, cool, man. <laughs> Great. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think his character is very good. I mean, where would this story be without him, though? Like, he sucks, but you need negative energy that he brings sometimes. And he's not all negative, but he definitely chaotic, you know, chaotic oh, yeah. neutral, <laughs> chaotic evil. I don't know. Oh, he he's outside helping his dad clean the garage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Such a dick. God. When they're on the science trip, one thing this movie does so well and I don't know if it's the direction, I don't know if it's the writing, I don't know if it's just this confluence of like people who don't know what they're doing but like have a vision. They're in the hospital, they walk by the maternity ward, and the kids are all acting goofy like you do on a field trip, but Jennifer Jason Lee's character, Stacy, just looks like her heart's being ripped out while she's mm. standing there looking at the newborn babies. But mm-hmm. the camera doesn't focus on it, you don't get this like dramatic, well-scored, like sad chord as it zooms in on her sadness. Mm-hmm. She just does that in the middle of a shot and then they move on. Mm-hmm. Don't and dwell you don't on it. That's directed. Like you said, right. And you don't know, like you could watch that this movie three times choice. and never notice if you're too busy looking at different parts of frame. And that like, I've seen this movie about a hundred times and I never even noticed that. Yeah. She looks devastated and it's just like yeah. such a good little touch that you didn't know was there. You didn't need it, but it added so much. Mm-hmm. And then, well, that the heart. There's comes a lot out. of that in this movie, like even with the all, <laughs> and then the heart comes, and out. then the heart comes out. Like all the sex scenes, there, there's zero romanticism to it. Like it's all, yeah, just events, happenings. Except for the dream sequence where Brad is thinking of Linda. Mm. That's the only one. It's like gloriously like just like hair flowing obviously her hair's wet so her hair's not flowing but like that that 
uh, foxy, foxy moment. Yeah, it's the uh, Christmas vacation scene. Yes. Yeah. Which they totally, <laughs> they totally lampoon. Yeah. Uh, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's the only scene that really glorifies or romanticizes that kind of behavior. Well, and even so, then, the romanticizing, fantasizing gets interrupted with reality. It's just, yeah, exactly. It's just the fantasy and mm-hmm. the actual act that's happening is just as mechanical and awkward as the mm-hmm. two other sex scenes. Doesn't anybody knock anymore? And they purposely, like, even before the fucking knock scene, <laughs> like, when she does that beautiful, you know, that whole scene, and then they show her for real jump in the water, mm-hmm. she gets out and she acts so awkward. She, like, puts her finger in her ear. It's, like, totally unsexy. Yep, yeah. And it's, like, I just, I love the parallel of yeah. that whole scene. And then, obviously, when she goes in, because there's not a guy alive that's my age that didn't have a crush on Phoebe Cates for, like, till today. Like, <laughs> literally, she was everybody's crush back then. But to show her in both lights, like, even when she catches Brad... And her face, like, there's nothing sexy about her reaction. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just like, Ugh. she just like, does this <laughs> Ugh face yeah. as she's got her finger in her well, ear. Well, and they do such a good job as she leaves the bathroom. She's just got that face like, Ugh, you know? Yeah. But they don't dwell on it. They don't make it a thing. It's just a thing that happens, and we move on with the yep. movie. Like, this movie resists the urge to dwell and, like, oversell any of these moments. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Testament to so, that director. So, um, when I, well, obviously when I see who's in this movie, right, when their names are popping up on the screen in the beginning, Phoebe Cates. Yes. Right? I was like, I know that name from somewhere and I just, well, I'll just keep watching. And then, uh, I looked her up to see like which act, like which of the characters is Phoebe Cates. Cause like, Mm -hmm. I, I know that she's like, she looks good. Right. Yeah. The bombshell. Um, and I'm like, and I don't know how I know that. Like, I don't, I've never, like, seen a movie with Phoebe Cates in it, I don't think. And I don't remember, like, any one of my friends or anyone that I know, like, having a huge crush on Phoebe Cates. And I'm, like, watching this. And I'm like, why did I have the urge to look her up and figure out who she is and blah, blah, blah. And then the, uh, and then that scene happened, the pool scene. Mm-hmm. And slower. It clicked. <laughs> <laughs> and I sent you guys a Spotify. I don't know if you guys opened it or listened to it, but it's a song from 2001 mm. called Phoebe Cates. Probably and I listened guys to that it. Are my age. And I listened to it. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I've been listening to this song for 20 years and I had no idea what they were talking about. That's funny. Now, I'm not a huge, you know, Phoenix fan. Like, that's the band or whatever. Right. Um, but it was definitely on like a mixtape that I listened to when I was, I don't know, 15. Right. Had no idea who Phoebe Cates was. Well, it reminds me of that video that Dan had us watch with about Friday 13th part five. Uh, the, what was the name of that song, Dan? Or the, oh, oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah. Wolfie's just fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of that because the thing about that scene is, like it, it defined a generation of people and it has nothing to do with uh I don't know how to describe it cuz it was kind of like my age group we were too young to watch this but yeah. we watched it. Mm-hmm. 
So it was like, wow. So it's like a traumatic that, moment for your generation. Not, not traumatic at all. Well, it was it's not like, negative it was a, traumatic, but right, still right. like impactful in the same impactful. method or same manner, same degree as a traumatic incident. Right. And then I think she might have been one of the, her and Feyre, which we always talk about, but she might have been one of the first like modern women that I saw where I was like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting like, not, not the the feelings. Like you see her in Gremlins. She's in Gremlins mm-hmm. in a turtleneck and a parka. And she's just as hot <laughs> to me yeah. in Gremlins as she is in this movie. So it's really not, it's just, there's something stunning about her even before that scene. Like when I, you saw her in her, in her, you know, the, in the mall, like mm-hmm. as soon as she's on screen, she's just eating it up. I agree. So it was like, she was that first modern girl where I was like, oh, okay. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Noise. <laughs> <laughs> and then that scene happened. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. It was like totally uh, bonkers. I might've been like 12 when I saw this movie. Oh my first gosh. Time. 11. You were in your glory. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't made for me. Like, I bet the, you locked the door after that scene. I don't remember. Okay. I remember <laughs> wearing a tape out a bit, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, our generation oh. had uh, Denise Richards and Jamie Presley. Thank you, Jamie Presley, for your service. Yes. Oh, yes, definitely. But <laughs> Phoebe Cates blows Jamie Presley away. I'm sorry. I don't know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I I don't know. There's something girl next door about her. Phoebe just... Cates is very, very attractive. And very... she was in like Drop Dead Fred. Like she was a big deal in the 90s. She's a... 80s, 90s. And her husband in real life, George, you'll ha- be happy to know. Don't tell me it's Nick Coppola. <laughs> no, better. Um, Asshole. For real? That's her husband. Good in real for life. him, bro. He's been with her for like 35 years. Good for them. Actually, I can see that. Those two? Yeah. She's been retired for a while, as I think he is now. But yeah, she kind of left to have kids and whatever. Sure. But she did a shit ton of movies where like very iconic mainstream movies, and then all of a sudden she was gone. She pulled a Rick Rick Moranis where she's like nowhere to be seen. Well, and I wonder if... The casting of uh, Judy Aronson, the lady from Friday 4 who pops up later in Weird Science. Weird Science, yeah. The brunette. I wonder if her career is basically like as another Phoebe Cates. You know, she kind of has the same look. Mm-hmm. And right about the yeah. same time. Can't get Phoebe, and you get Judy Aronson. <laughs> well, they they were two different crushes. I hadn't seen her in Friday 13th, but I had a crush on her from Weird Science. There you go. Definitely. Nothing wrong with the 80s. I mean, a lot wrong with the 80s, but these two things in particular, nothing wrong with this aspect you know what, of it. You know what I was thinking while I was watching it recently, yesterday? What's that? This cast, this cast is exactly what I've always wanted in a Friday 13th movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, if these were the kids that yeah. were at Camp Crystal Lake, I'd watch an entire series of, like, if they did, like, a Netflix series of... of Jason Voorhees at Camp Crystal Lake. If these were the kids that were at the camp, yeah, you could you could make thirty of those movies. All right, now jump in your time machine back to the first fall break as we made poor George watch all of these movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and remember when we were talking about Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, the final chapter, sort of, uh, the final ish chapter of the first part of the series. 
we talked about how the kids that they cast as the main kids were so much more likable than the last group, so much more intertwined, and how it felt like fast times. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Having a cast like this in a Friday the 13th movie would be awesome. And it totally worked the one time they actually pulled it off. Yep. Part six kind of had the same kind of thing, but part four for sure. Yeah, part six did. But they just check all the boxes. And they're interesting. Like, they're not just, like, body count. Like, they would be interesting, and I would root for them. Yeah. They would lose. They would lose. But, yeah. Except for that dick Damone. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jason, I got some tickets for you. Dude, he would freaking, (laughs) he would, like, he would probably trip Mark running away from Jason. Damone would be like Shelly. Because he's (laughs) that much of a dick. Uh, Yikes. Poor Damone. No, the handstand guy. He would be like handstand guy in part... Um, part three? Three, yeah. Handstand guy. Yeah, walks around on his hands. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Like a lot. And then, like a lot. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And then when, when you think he's safe, right down the middle. Ew. Yeah. So yeah, what, because what... what go ahead. What 26-year-old hooks up with a high school girl in the dugout of a baseball field? That guy. Ron Johnson you say that you'd like to see a Friday the 13th movie with this cast I would argue that as a parent watching this movie for the first time as a parent this already is a horror movie for a good chunk at the beginning Dan I was thinking the same thing her mom tucks her in and then (laughs) a few minutes later she's getting railed in a dugout well first of (laughs) all the mom tucking her in was so weird because it was like yo what high school kids has their well, mom? Well, I just want to establish her. that June Cleaver kind of okay, upbringing. It's, it's weird. Um, it is weird because there it, are no other adults other than Mr. Han in this movie. Yeah. Like, it's she's the only one that's kind of. It's like, okay, that's weird. And then, um, yeah, and, and then she goes and she's you know, getting real in the dugout. Um, I think that was worse than, I'm sorry for keep, to keep bringing up American Beauty, but. People always, honestly, people, some people have said that their issue is with the sex scene with the underage girl right. in American Beauty, which is not a sex scene. It's a fantasy. You Right. Well, one of them isn't a fantasy, okay. but it ends up not being a sex scene because Kevin Spacey is redeemed. Right. I've never seen that movie all the way through, okay. so I'm not. You need to. You away. need to watch that movie. You're not selling me on watching this movie. You need to watch that movie stat. Okay, <laughs> stat. No thanks. So, um, so Kevin Spacey obviously is uh, crushing on one of his daughter's friends, right? Having fantasies about her, and it like the the situation happens where he's actually like, it's actually going to happen, and then it doesn't. Because he stops it. And it's at that point when he stops being a creepy old guy and is taking responsibility and is redeemed. And then, spoiler alert, he's immediately shot in the head. Right. Oh, that reminds me of another movie that I can't talk about because now it would ruin the ending. Okay. You need to watch that movie, Stat. It's amazing. But people have an issue with that. It's George's favorite movie. With that, with that scene. And it's not even a sex scene. They don't mm. even do it. In this movie... The sex scene happens, and it's just there. Mm-hmm. 
and the same people that don't like American Beauty love this movie. Like this movie. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so much worse. Yeah. So much worse. So creepy. I was like, uh, 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 which I guess is how I was supposed to feel. But well, I guess because it's consensual, it's not. Uh, no, it's creepy. But I'm well, saying legally like, she it's, can't consent. So is it consensual? Right. No, legally, it's, no. It's, yeah. He's screwed legally. But what I'm saying is, uh, you know how when some people are like, "Oh, I love that movie," and it's like, wait, doesn't the one best friend steal the husband from the other best friend? But that's happily ever after. You love this movie because it's a romantic comedy. Yeah. But the guy just broke up a marriage, like. There's just certain movies where people are like, oh, I love that movie. But you're like, morally, it's fucked up. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, and we like movies where people get murdered with machetes. But True. This, but this is another another level where that person that likes that movie that you're talking about, Travis, is like, I can't stand people who cheat. Right. It's like, but, but that, that's what the, the movie right, that's that what you, it's all about. You love that movie, and, but you... That, like My Best Friend's Wedding. Actually, if you see any romantic comedy, most of them have to do with someone wronging someone else and getting the girl that they took from somebody else. And that's like, because Jennifer Lopez is in it and Matthew McConaughey, it's now all of a sudden cute. So you're <laughs> saying like, no. when, when those two are on screen, it's all right. All right, all, all right, right, all right. right. <laughs> it's three times all right. To be fair, in this <laughs> movie, though, I mean, you have that with Damone, but then Rat still is able to like... You know, remain consistently interested until he finally wins the day. Right. Yes. <laughs> and they have probably at the end the relationship that will probably last. Yeah. Out of, out of. I kept thinking to myself, he's he's the guy that she's. He's her speed, and she's trying to live the life that Linda's talking about, and Linda's not even living that life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, in the end, her her trying to fit in and trying to, you know, the peer pressure and all that stuff is keeping her from the life she should have that it's, she's able to live and be good with, which she finally gets. It's funny because um, Phoebe Case is saying she's trying to be mature, right? Right. Like, even, like, in her breakup letter to her boyfriend in Chicago, she's like, I there, I have another one where I called him an asshole. And she's like, no, 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 that one's fine. <laughs> and... Um, and she's like, it's like it's more mature, right? It's more mature, just, right. She's like, she's trying to be mature the entire time, and then what actually ends up happening is that uh, what's her name, Stacy, Stacy, ends up being the one who I don't I don't want to say settles down because they don't go that far, but she pretty much does settle down with right. Mark, right? And that has to be like the most mature move out of. All of like out of all the things that are happening in this right. movie, like she she decides she wants to have a like she decides she wants to have a relationship. That's like the most mature thing any of these kids have done in this right. whole movie. Right. But you're right, well, Travis, Brad. about these the speeds. I mean, obviously, fast times at Ridgemont. But uh, you know, Damone, as much as we like shit on him for being a big piece of crap, because he is, he's a little prick. His worst he's moments in prick. this movie. Are when he tries to keep up with this speed that Stacy's trying to live, right? Yeah, and so yeah, like he talks big, but he just like all of them is just fronting. Yep, and gets caught with his pants down. Because that scene where he's like, uh, he walks her home, he's apprehensive the whole time. It's played well. It's played well, and then she, 
she's looking at him like, let's go inside. And he's like, he's like, you got any iced tea? Like, that's iced tea is the invitation. And then even when he's in there, this is great iced tea. Like, he doesn't know how. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't have know how to move. be. He doesn't have a next move. Yeah. He's waiting for her to give him the go. And she's very pushy and forward. Mm-hmm. And then he just goes with it. But it's completely consensual. But it does feel kind of rapey. <laughs> but it's not. It just it's so awkward because yeah. there's so many situation there's so many parts of that situation that are not right mm-hmm. that you're just you feel awkward for everyone. And I'm pretty sure yeah. and I'm out out of my depth trying to like psychologically analyze a teenage girl but in this case I think you could make an argument that she is traumatized by her dugout interaction with yes, the 26-year-old and this is how she's like trying to kind of rectify her new situation is you know, like, this is what I do now. Cause he did this to me and just trying to find someone who can like make her figure out what she's, do- I don't know, man, this movie is yeah. not all happy times. Like there's a lot of gross no. times and sad no. times. But, but what's great is they show her the scene where she goes to her house with rat and she kind of pulls that basic instinct change into a robe kind of moment. She reminds me of like a femme fatale from like a 50s noir movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like, let me slip into something more comfortable and it's like a silky robe. But then they look at baby pictures next. Like, it's 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 innocent. This is my dog. Yeah, it's And it's my cute, cat. But it's awkward because They're dead she's... now. Tr- yeah. Like, it's per- so perfectly done mm-hmm. that you never... You feel icky, but you don't... Because it's innocent, but it's not. I didn't feel icky. I felt bad for her. No, I felt icky with the Damone scene because it was just like it escalated and it didn't have to. Well, yeah, the Damone scene, yeah. yeah. But the scene you're talking about where they're looking looking at pictures, not icky at all. It just just felt weird that she's in this silk robe. It reminded me of, uh, you you never saw Grease, right? Uh, I know of it. Well, there's a character named Marty. Mm -hmm. Marty Maraschino, like the cherry. Like she's like that fronting, you know, silky asian robe spraying perfume on letters like just very racy very uh-huh. very fast yeah and sandy's the opposite of that so yeah i think uh, stacy's kind of trying to be marty but she's sandy but the whole Here time she's trying to be marty but she's not marty yeah and with the the robe and everything so just that awkwardness is played very well because she just had that other scene Mm-hmm. And then she later has the, the moon scene, and she's just all over the place. But she's just the volleyball, like she's it's just nice an emotional uh, volleyball. It's nice seeing um, a woman confused about men, mm. because it's usually the. I mean, my whole life I've been confused by women, right? And all the movies I've seen, it's all men confused by women. <laughs> so this There's, was a nice, a nice uh, change. There was a great quote. It said, uh, "Women understand women, and they can't stand each other." <laughs> <laughs> like I if you're in a house full of sisters, which you are, that may be true. You kind of yeah. know. It's like it's like I've been trying to figure out. I figure what the line was, but it's like I've been trying to figure out women my whole life. Women understand women, and they can't stand each other. What's that from? I can't remember what it's from, but it's like it's a, such a great male insight. Yeah, <laughs> like it's 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 a man comment. Uh, but yeah, in this movie, it's it, the women definitely are more uh, layered characters than the than the guys. Like well, I don't know, though, you know, the thing about Brad, there's a scene at the beginning where he's working at the front taking orders, 
and the trainee mm. burns a bunch of hamburgers, lights the thing on fire. Right. It's right as Brad is talking about how he wants to break up with his girlfriend because he's starting to feel like he needs some freedom. You know, he's starting to feel a little like trapped in this long-term relationship and all this. And he mm. goes up front and he says, as he goes back to the fryer, he says, you've got to flip them or they'll burn. Right. And it's mm. like, right as he's personally going through this, like feeling of, you know, stuck, you know, he is a burger. He needs to be flipped or he will burn. Right. Like that's, Subtle, yeah, but it's there and it's on purpose. And then he catches fire when the chick dumps him. <laughs> Brad is the epitome of just not being able to catch a break. <laughs> like his, the whole movie, I, I just felt bad for him. Brad was the closest thing to an adult. Yeah, in this movie. Well, you know, he's a single successful entrepreneur or whatever he calls himself. All these flipping burgers in the back of the. I think he just said he was a uh, successful, successful single person. something like a businessman Senior, or something like that. I don't know. But did you did you notice who the girl was in the car when he's wearing the uh, the pirate the outfit? Pirate yeah. Who was that? That's the that's the um, God. Her name escapes me, but she's the other half of Heart. Um, you know, oh, Nancy Hart. Wilson. Nancy Wilson. I'm looking at IMDb. I'm cheating. I don't know the members of Heart by name. Yes. I Beautiful think girl in car. Da- she might have been dating... Uh, I want to say she was dating Cameron Crowe. But I don't know how old he was. So maybe she wasn't. But no. she has a connection to somebody in the movie. That I don't know. In it. I don't even know who Cameron Crowe is. He's the guy who wrote will. this movie. He's the guy who wrote this movie. Oh, cool. Good job. He Mr. made a movie Mr. called Crow. Almost Famous. Did you ever hear of that? I've heard of it. With uh, Kate Hudson. It's a story of a 17-year-old boy who uh, travels with the interviewing rock stars for Rolling Stone magazine. It's his life story. Yeah, and he wrote this movie because that was movie. him. Right. So we'll probably watch that. He also did another movie that we are definitely watching. So there you go. Cool. You'll get to know him well. Gosh, this cast is just crazy. That it is. Like, I don't, I don't even know who else to. I, we got to talk about Mr. Hand. Because <laughs> he's like. Do you know who he's. Where he's from? Um, Like the actor the or actor, the character? Yeah. Like in the 60s, um, he was on a show called My Favorite Martian. And he played an alien. No, I don't. Okay. Well, he that's what he was famous that. for. So. Okay. Uh, People growing up with that TV show, seeing him in this, a lot older, and playing this basic father figure to all these people, all these misfits, and you hate him the whole time, but then at the end, you kind of, you kind of get him. And obviously, when you get older, you'll really understand them. But, uh, you know, when we were watching this, we were like, oh, he's just another dicky teacher. I had but him it all makes sense now. as a history teacher in high school. And he was like my favorite teacher because he didn't take anybody's shit. And yeah. now I'm just like, oh, yeah, no, that's who I, I like. Should I have just been a teacher? Because I totally could have been that guy by now. Yeah. That would yeah. have been awesome. Mr. Hand in post, you know. <laughs> the get a good one line. <laughs> so We would say that all the time. We would just like rattle off people's last names. and are like, get a good one. Uh, cause like if you're like kind of 
making fun of the other person. You'd be like, everybody come up and do this in front of them because they're not allowed to do it. But get a good one means like, uh, you know, like he's telling all the other people to eat his pizza in front of him. That's like the best. <laughs> like he's looking at him like, <laughs> doesn't that make it our time? <laughs> and actually, Spicoli had a point. He did. I mean, you don't get to that point with your teachers until you get to college. You know, because right. like once you get to college, I don't know if like if there's any high schoolers listening, um, you should know that once you get to college, no one gives a crap about if you do well or not. Nobody. Right. You go to class or you don't go to class. Unless you're paying for the school. Well, no, that's, that's, what that's what I'm saying. The professor you can, doesn't you can care. Pay, you can pay all you want. Right. Nobody is going to make sure that you pass your classes. Right. They're not going to chase you down. They do not care. You show up to class job. or don't show up to class. Right. That's up to you. Um, and they, they treat you like an adult. And if you want to eat in class, you do, except, like, you know, you don't order pizza because that's rude. Right. But, like, yeah, if you have a granola bar in class, like, nobody gives a crap because we're all adults. We're trying to learn psychology or whatever. But you don't have, uh, what's his name? Who's the delivery guy? But it is true, though. (laughs) It is their time. Right. It's both of their time. But you really, you know, in high school, you're still just a kid, so really, I guess it's the teacher. Yeah, high school is not where you have a pizza delivered. I mean, you don't do that in college either. Like, but right like, here, dude. <laughs> but I remember my uh, my teacher, uh, my Mister Hand was a professor, Doctor Davy. Hmm. Doctor Davy, I was I I I never tried in school. I passed everything, and I got to Doctor Davy's class, criminal law, mm-hmm. and I got my first C. Wolf. In my life, and I was like, "What the?" F-? Because you know how he ran his classes. He was trying to make sure that his students got a taste for what law school feels like. Right. And the ones who did well, he would like sponsor to like write them letters right. of recommendation. He was picking out the lawyers yeah. and like and pushing them. And everyone who was not going to cut it in his class was just a waste of time mm-hmm. to him. And so when I took him again for law and human rights, me and I don't even know his first name because he was, I was in ROTC with him and he was Private Bolin. Shout out to Private Bolin if you're listening. We studied together and he was first in the class and I was second hmm. for that class. So you were like agents Because I actually applied myself. Dr. Davey made me apply myself because yeah. I was like, yo, this, well, getting a C sucked, but I was like, let me see if I can actually go to law school. Right. And so I tried. I did well. How's law we school? We all have that teacher. I took my LSATs, but I never actually went. Yeah. I didn't Decided even I didn't take the LSATs. It. I just decided not to go. kind of wish I had. After our Primal Fear episode, I feel like I well, that's, really missed my opportunity. That, that's the thing. That's why I get so, like, I don't know, like, emotional when I when I talk about, like, the police and, you know, like, courtrooms and, you know, shit like that, like. I was like really passionate about that mm-hmm. about I don't know ten, I ten years ago, so yeah, love courtroom stuff. I was an assistant manager at the movie theater, so I, I know had that going you for probably me in this you movie. probably started as a uh, <laughs> I was I was an usher. I started as, a, as, as an a, usher, a ticket taker or yes. whatever. An usher yeah, like so. waving across the food court to the cute girl that won't give you the time yeah. of day. I think and, and I, I married. Her. I was gonna say I think <laughs> I think Travis actually did wave across to the. Uh, the girl 
yeah at the concession stand my wife stand. and i used to work at the movie theater together yeah oh wow <laughs> we went on break break together yeah th- this movie does hit well see pretty, and that is good. just a reminder to all the parents out there to make sure you pick a good place for your kid to work because they might marry mm. a co-worker it's true i mean i went to high school with her too but working at the movie theater was like the hangout group of friends that that we made there you so. go yeah you could make a movie about that i could I thought about it. You call it butt work. Butt work. <laughs> butt work. <laughs> All right, who else is in this? I think we covered everybody. No, man, we didn't talk about Forrest Whitaker in the least oh, Forrest right, Whitaker right, right. role ever. Oh my god, he's so good in the <laughs> for the scene at the dance when he's just like getting down. Yeah, so cool. The no, the best is when he gets out of his car and Damone's talking down to him, and then he gets up and stands <laughs> straight up, and he's like looking up. That's like. <laughs> And the car. What? That was my first car, too. That that what Z28. Was that a Pontiac or something? That Z28 that he had. That was a Camaro? Yeah. The way that they turned that car wreck into, like, motivation for the football game. That's <laughs> yeah, so clever. <laughs> that was. Oh, God. I thought George was going to complain. The cheerleaders. Oh, Kelly Maroney? Yeah. Oh, my God. The... All right! That... I still have nightmares of that girl. I thought <laughs> like, it was supposed to be bad. It is. Yeah. But it's, it's like, fine. it's so cringe to watch that because, like, I don't remember any pep rallies being that uncomfortable. <laughs> but when you have three cheerleaders, I mean, really, they didn't have Yeah, many. I mean. But she was like, ugh. Well, she she's so to... good in Chopping Mall, Night of the yeah. Comet. Uh, yes. The Zero Boys. Have you ever seen the Zero Boys? Oh my Never god! Never seen that. Like it's a Nico Mastrakis movie. It's <laughs> it's not good, but like it's Nico, so it's fun. Right. Shout out to Nico, friend of the show. Now, one connection we haven't talked about yet: Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, the guy that directed Boogie Nights, recently did a movie called Licorice Pizza, which is way more directly like a high school movie, much more fast times. Uh, the name Licorice Pizza for that movie is on a sign in the record store in the background. Nice. Like, he's pulling directly from this movie. Uh, Is it a period piece, or is it modern? It's a period piece. takes place in, like, 73, 74, something like that. So. Interesting. It all connects, man. This movie Mm. influences in some manner, like, a lot of the movies we've watched on the show and will watch to come. Yeah. Word. Well, this kind of came up when we re- when we did Porky's and we talked about that genre. And this movie kind of establishes that genre that eventually becomes like American Pie. Yeah. And uh uh Road Trip. Euro Trip, like all those movies that you know, old school. Not another teen movie. Yeah, but I don't. Does does that movie reference this at all? Well, not another teen movie is a, a parody. It's like scary it's like movie spoof. for sex comedies from the right. 90s. So that references like yeah. uh, American uh, She's Pie All That. Those. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, um, can't hardly wait. No, but you yeah. don't get right. that if you don't get American Pie. You don't get American Pie if you don't get this. This is good Porky's. Is what this is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Which we did say back then when we watched it. What in the reverse Porky's is going on here? <laughs> the other line, the the have a little pride, Brad. Like I love that line. <laughs> when that when he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm." Thinking, he's like, 
You want me to put it back on? Yeah. <laughs> Have a little pride. Like, <laughs> I feel so bad for him because he's got to wear that shitty outfit. Like, that's how we felt at the movie theater because bef- <laughs> before we had our polos, we used to wear these polos with our name tag. We used to have to wear a bow tie, a white collared shirt, a bow tie, and a blazer. And the yeah. moment we clocked out for for lunch or dinner, that shit came off. Same with the girls, like their their visors, their aprons, their stupid bow tie. Like we couldn't wait to get out of uniform yeah. just for that twenty five minutes or whatever. So I kind of felt bad for Brad when he <laughs> had to wear that stupid pirate hat. Because you know it's California; it's got to be hot. He's wearing that freaking. He has outfit. a turtleneck. Turtleneck, and he's got girls checking him out, and he's not realizing he's wearing that stupid hat. Feel bad for Brad. So Mr. Hand shows up at Spicoli's house. Mm-hmm. Walks in, sits down in his room, full of pornography. Full of porn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wait, no. Before that, he's like his brother Curtis is great. <laughs> <laughs> I do not hear you unless you knock. <laughs> Curtis again, no adults. They reference Spicoli's parents yeah. or dad or mom, but they never. You never see any adults. Yeah. None of their Dad parents. says get up, you're going to be late. <laughs> Fucking What's he calling him, a butthole? Yeah. Butthole. Butthole. Then he calls him a booger. I don't know, it's weird. <laughs> so Mr. Hand comes in to waste yeah. eight hours of Spicoli's time. <laughs> yeah. And immediately I'm like, oh, so they're just going to do a podcast together? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, oh, there's poor George. He's stuck with uh, us. We've got hours of George's time. That's funny. Uh, I love his explanation of the, the British and the... Uh, yeah, yeah. We gotta have some rules too. Ben- Benjamin Franklin comes back and he's like, "Hey, bud, we gotta make our own rules, or else we're gonna have the same lame rules as them." It's yeah. kind of Bill and Ted's. That's true. Uh, very Bill and Ted's. Yeah, very Wayne's World. It is. Yep. Yeah, you don't get the bad guys in Three Ninjas without Spicoli <laughs> and Wayne's World. <laughs> the bad guys in Three Ninjas. Yeah, I wish I saw Three Ninjas. Oh, we'll watch. Hey, what are you doing next week? You, you really no. do need to watch Three Ninjas. Probably. I watched it. As, I watched it as a kid, and I watched it again as an adult, and I was like, "Oh, this is bad." But you should still watch. I it. I made Aaron watch it. Our our good friend Aaron. I made him watch it just recently. I was like, "Dude, yeah, Three Ninjas." What do you think? Uh, what do you think? Where's his dissertation? Let's ask Aaron what he thought about <laughs> Three Ninjas. We want it uh, at five paragraphs, double space. I'm telling you, it's a perfect Vinegar Syndrome <laughs> release. If Brad yeah. from VS is listening, I wasn't kidding. Because I brought it up on Twitter with Brad from Vinegar Syndrome. And I was like, dude, you got to do three ninjas and a prestige thing like you do in these 80s kids movies. And he's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. But then a bunch of people chimed in like, oh, yeah, that'd be tight. Let's do all three of the three ninjas mm. movies as a set. And then all yeah. of a sudden he changed his tune. So maybe we convinced him. The only way we're doing Three Ninjas is if we watch The Last Dragon as well. The we have to watch The Last Dragon. Dragon. Don't threaten me with up. a good time, Travis. <laughs> we might actually do this, man. Uh, Why the hell not? The Last Dragon is so just 80s cheese, but... It's everything good about New York Ninja. <laughs> well, and I would say the same <laughs> thing about New Three York Ninjas. Ninja it's everything good about the New York Ninja without yeah. all the weird nuclear boobs. Yeah. It's like Big Trouble, Little China. Oh, God, don't make me watch that again. I won't. Ugh. But I love it. I know, and I just go, (laughs) yuck. 
That's okay. Yeah. Some of these it's, movies. It's my age. Yeah, you just had to see them at the right age, and 36 yeah. is the wrong age to see that movie for the first yes, time. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and I There's love no Mortal nostalgia. Kombat, and everybody's like, oh, you're going to love it because you'll see Mortal Kombat stuff they ripped off from that movie. And yeah, I'm like, oh, great. Yes, they did. Hey, there's Shao. Shao, what's his name? This movie sucks. <laughs> cool Shang Tsung that oh tr- that's Shang Tsung cool I get it but I'd rather be playing Mortal Kombat I'd rather be watching right. Mortal Kombat the movie but it's got Kurt Russell which uh, we love that's true we do love Kurt Russell I'd rather be watching Curtis play Mortal Kombat <laughs> in an arcade Ultra <laughs> have you ever seen the Mortal Kombat movie George nah Oof. ooh we won't probably make you watch that one, but it's good yeah, it's nah. fun Get over here. <laughs> what is it? What do they say when you uh when you actually here. kill someone? It's like fatality. Fatality, yes. Which Fatalities. you would know if you listen to the show because I dropped that into an episode recently. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and uh what, what do they say when isn't Your there, soul is mine? Isn't there like a, a drop when like someone's like about to like you hit them so hard that like they're like about to die? And they're like all like they say there's, finish yeah. him. Finish him. It's not that one. Which you could have put it's, in the bathroom scene, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't anybody fucking knock? Uh, <laughs> finish him. Finish him. Finish no. him. No. I want to say it's like a, uh, it's like a, it's not like mortal or fatal, but it's like a. There's flawless victory. Something, something hit, like a fatal hit or. That might be a different game. The only other yeah. real like sound yeah. I'm thinking All of right. from Mortal Kombat besides like the flawless victory thing is the toasty that would toasty. pop up. But that was <laughs> more of like an Easter egg for the nerds than yeah. it was like The finish him was if you were dazed and you're like sitting there all wobbly. Yeah. Like, and I remember the uh, the Boom. Khmer the Khmer thing. It was like chains or something yeah, that came out of the guy. Uh Scorpion. Yeah. Get down here. Over here. Which is kind of predator, predator-ish. Mm. Are we watching Mortal <sighs> Kombat next? Because it feels like we're no, watching Mortal we're Kombat. No, we're not. We shouldn't tease the people. Hey, but George, do you remember <laughs> what we are watching next? Because for once, we actually told you ahead of time. Yeah, it's uh, true lies. True lies. They're lies, but they're true. Or they're truths, but they're lies. Do you? Are, are we done with this? Are we done? Are we done, done with what? <laughs> this movie. I think so, are we? I'm going to go home we and have, watch it again. Do we have anything else to say about it? I'm uh, I'm probably going to watch so. it again just for the hell of it. My wife, I guess, has never seen it because she started describing Matthew McConaughey. Right. And I was like, oh, no, that's a different, this is a different movie. She's never seen this one, so. Hmm. Yeah, going to go probably watch it again this week. So what do you uh, know about True Lies? Nothing. Nothing? I don't think so. Weren't we going to do it during... Uh, so who's in it? JLC Christmas. Well, there yeah. you go. So I know that about it. You know that she's in it. I well, yeah, we were gonna do it during JLC Christmas. Who so else I is in it is. besides Jamie Lee? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Okay, the mailman. I don't know. Let's Sounds leave it good. at that then. Yeah. Hmm. Excellent. Maybe uh, have Meg start this one without using <laughs> the cover. <laughs> it's gonna be a Meg starter. Sweet. All right. Well, Sounds good to me. Now so I'm like we, we have excited. watched this movie that everybody's been telling you to watch. Yep. Was it overhyped? Yeah. But it satisfied. That was good. Okay. I think once we good. watch two or three more from the 80s comedy genre, you're going to be like, oh, this is just Fast Times again, but shittier. Yeah. I mean, people go nuts over this movie. And it's 
it's not bad. I think I liked it I more this time than I ever have, and I've probably seen it five or six right. times. Yeah, I think if I watch it a few more times, it'll it'll grow on me, and I'll really love it. If you get people my age, uh, there's a reason. Younger people just kind of think it's a it's a smart movie, and it's uh, poignant and tackles issues, and they want you to see it. Mm. People like me, it's it's so nostalgic. Yeah, it's there's that I don't I don't. I don't get the nostalgia right. of it. I'm too young for the nostalgia of it. Uh, by the time I was this age, you know, we all had our faces and cell phones. It's true. So, what I think is interesting about the nostalgia effect of Fast Times is it comes right at the like beginning of the Reagan administration as sex is starting to become more like verboten again in public media, and like drug use. Don't you know? Just say no, right? Like the. The party is over by 82. And so yeah. I, I imagine as an audience seeing this movie in the climate that was our culture at the time, there might have already been a nostalgia for 10 years ago when people just were a little bit more chill. Yeah. And then as you hit, you know, the 80s and AIDS and all these things hit by the 90s, this seems like a whole different planet. Yeah. But thankfully, they didn't do any of that in this movie. There's zero politics in this movie. Like it's just like, no, no. This is you. You could watch this tomorrow, or you could watch it thirty years ago, and yeah. There's no, there's no browbeating. There's no preachy. There's no. There's just characters, and they all come from different parts, different ways, mm-hmm. and you just take them as they are. There's, there's no reason to pick sides in this movie, yeah. which is good, but. To feel good just movie. by existing as it does, it's making statements, you know, definitely makes statements, yes, so it is political, it's just not like but not like poltergeist makes statements not not like poltergeist <laughs> made statements <laughs> right coming out on four k soon, I'm gonna have to watch it again. Maybe I'll let my kids watch it. Like they could wasn't have, he reading a book? It wasn't like yeah, a Dragon's yeah, book yeah. he was reading. Yeah. But I mean, like when they're in, a, in the mini mart, they could have had like magazine covers and stuff like just they didn't need it. This movie just stands alone. That you don't even really need to know what era it is. It's just it happened. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. What movie was it? Where the uh, the the commercials that were happening in the eighties was it? Uh, that was RoboCop. Was it RoboCop that had the the really yeah, like to play the game like Nukem? Oh, yeah, Nukem is so good. <laughs> the uh, that robot the really heart. poignant. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, the, hold on. Didn't um Back to the Future have it's kind of similar things in it. Or was it all RoboCop? It's all kind of blending together. I think you're me. just thinking about RoboCop, man. Because Black, Back to the Future didn't show any like commercials or anything. It was very... No. Like, RoboCop is living rent-free in your head, dude. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love it, dude. It is in there. I remember it, dude. When we when we watched that movie for the pod, I did not like it at all. So Guys, did you rewatch it with your side chick group? Uh, Kind of. I didn't. I didn't watch like the he whole thing. He directed them but to watch it. I I pulled up certain scenes and I watched them again. Yeah, and they didn't like and it. I, I, just I pulled up it. my uh, well, no, I I want I wanted them to not like it so that I could show them the video of Peter Weller. Oh, nice! Mm. Convincing them to like it. How'd that go? And which, <laughs> uh, well, actually, I mean. I haven't gotten reactions from everybody. One of my coworkers is a big Verhoeven fan already, has seen it. He watched it again. He was like, this is brilliant. And I told him about 
how when I watched it, I didn't like it. And then you got me a cameo from Peter Weller and he like convinced me to like it. And now I like I watch it again and I he like shoots it. Shoots a guy in the dick, dude. He does and and so my <laughs> through a dress. So my coworker who is a Verhoeven fan and his his name also is Dan, uh, by the way. He was like, "Yeah, I'd really like to see that video." And I was like, "Well, I'm I'm been trying to find it because I want to show it to like Alex and Maureen mm-hmm. and like all these other people that are in the movie club because I didn't like it." And I'm like, "You have to you have to listen to you know Doctor Weller yes. explain it to you." And then watch it again, or not? Don't even watch or it again. All. Just think about it for a week, and you'll be like, you know what? RoboCop was a really good movie. Just think about it for a week. Were they? Was there? Was their hang up the same hang up you had, where they just weren't getting the satire because they're no, a different I, age group? No, I think I. I mean the the movie itself, like, like the characters and the way it's acted and the the effects and like like all that stuff is just it's not good. I I I'm I still kind of stand by that like none of the actual movie is good, <laughs> but the story is so good right that it kind of just it it's good it's it, it is good it, it is a good I, movie. Are we gonna have a RoboCop two point We should. Um, maybe that should have been one hundredth episode. <laughs> we <laughs> talked about it. So we threw it around a as rewatch an idea. and then to argue these points again. Uh, I, the acting was not bad in this mo- in that movie. Well, I mean, maybe not. I mean, the Peter Weller friggin' nailed it. I mean, yeah, Peter Weller. I don't know. It was a little robotic. Yeah, it was a little robotic. No, no, I'm talking about like. I mean, the Ed 209 couldn't do stairs. Ed but other than that, I loved Ed 209. He's great. He whines like a dog. Yeah, and but, um, you know, it's just like you know all <clears> the boardroom people and all the criminals and the you know like the the scenes where the the criminals were like you know yeah, doing their the thing. The it's like they purpose. are they're over the top. On pur- yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. Like the guns, the explosions, the everything. Like it's all. Is this it's, it's all over the top. <laughs> it's over the top on purpose. It's not. You know, they shoot a guy in the dick. It's not a a like. Your move, creep. It's not a good movie. Guns, guns, but it's a guns. great movie. It is a great movie. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. It's not a good movie. Wait till you see Star Trek Troopers. You're going to appreciate it even more. So, anyway, um, yeah, I showed them all RoboCop. They didn't like it. I showed them Peter Weller. Um, Maybe you should show them Kindergarten Cop. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that. <sighs> You're but in it. It's but in I think my it, pile. I think it went well. I've I got, think it went over well. I've got Kindergarten Cop in the pile here, so whenever you're ready for that, oh okay. Travis, okay. it's okay. sitting yeah. right here. In my, nice. I know we're going to have to watch this so I don't pack it up pile. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, but I didn't, nobody, uh, n- nobody really, nobody got it. Like, nobody gets it. Like, you guys get <laughs> Wait, it. Wait, the, and now the I scene do. to me is the, is the teller, is when Ed 209 unloads on the guy mm-hmm. and just continues to unload on mm-hmm. the guy. Yeah. If you're not into that, then you're not going to get the movie. Yeah. Like, that's that's it's, the scene. It's absurd. What it's does Other Dan absurd. think about Showgirls? Have you asked him that yet? Oh, you're trying so I, hard. I can... Don't get too much info, because I, I still want to make you watch it at some point. But just feel right. him out. Like, see if he thinks it's worthy of us to watch Showgirls. Like, when when it was his turn, like, way back, way back when, um, he chose... That other Verhoeven movie that we watched, Total Recall. Total Recall. There you like go. That was his pick. And this was a while ago. It was like right after we watched it, so I watched it again. But um, yeah, 
nobody really liked it. And then Total Recall either. No, yeah, no. Except for Matt. Matt liked it. Wow. You and need I think new friends. And Matt hadn't watched Robocop yet when I went to the store to like hang out with the people and talk to him. Matt hadn't seen it, and I think Matt is going to love it if he hasn't seen it already. Hmm. He, if he's seen it already, I think he does love it. Timeline. Gotcha. But yeah, I should uh, I should text him <clears throat> and ask him what he thought. Hmm. Don't forget to thank your listeners, George. Thanks, listeners. Thanks for listening. <laughs> You're the reason why we do this every week. Aw. Aw. Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod. We'll be back next week with the difficult-to-stream, never-on-Blu-ray, you're going to have to find a DVD, guys, I'm so sorry, True Lies. And George has no idea what it is, even though everybody's, it's going to be great. Come back. We'll see you then.